today in the Live Wire Politics podcast, we're going to do a temperature check on our social climate and explore what it means to defund or disband the police. Well, hello and welcome back to the Live Wire Politics podcast. My name is David Stanky. Man, it has been a very difficult couple of weeks. It's been a very difficult year and we felt it best to take a few weeks off and really kind of digest what we've been seeing as a society in the aftermath of the death of George Floyd. And, you know, we've seen the good, we've seen the bad, and fortunately we've seen the ugly. And I'd venture to say that social media, while being a very good resource for information, it is probably the absolute worst environment to have a productive, thoughtful, and genuine conversation. You know, I've had a lot of conversations with people in the past couple of weeks, and I can tell you that the best way to really genuinely have a dialogue with someone is to do it in person. You know, this is not a self-help platform, but if we could give any advice, the most you're going to get out of a dialogue is going to be a human interaction with someone else where you can understand really where people are coming from, look at their facial mannerisms, see someone eye to eye on an issue that maybe you haven't been exposed to. Um, You know, I took a break from Facebook because I saw friends and former coworkers displaying behavior that I just, I didn't even know they had it in them. I saw a former coworker try to get people fired from their jobs, complete strangers, because of some of the comments that maybe they made online that did not fall in harmony with this particular person's worldview. I noticed that by being silent, you're accused of not supporting the cause and you're being selfish. If you speak up, you're not supporting the cause in the right way. So you might want to sit this one out. If you're spreading any positivity, you're tone deaf to what is going on. If you're being a realist, you might be being too negative. Stop spreading fear. If you support protesting, you are supporting violence. If you are not supporting the rioting, you're more concerned about property than people's lives. If you support Black Lives Matter, you don't support the police. Hashtag all lives matter. If you support all lives matter right now, They don't figure it out. If you support Blue Lives Matter, you support corruption. What about COVID? Right now we have bigger problems on our hand. What about social distancing? Way to be insensitive. And that's what I was seeing. And I know that many of you, if you spent even a few minutes online in the past couple weeks on any social media platform, I would venture to say you've seen the same thing. But guess what? Every time I've had a conversation in real life with another human being, by no surprise, no one is stuck in any one of those categories. In fact, most people live in the middle of the Venn diagram where they cover most all of those in some way, shape, or form, various degrees, but We are not in this stringent categorization that we're trying to make each other out to be. Most people are in full alignment 
about our desire for justice, our willingness to want to perfect our imperfect union and live in a truly colorblind society. We are all striving for that. And yet, unfortunately, the woke mob, the cancel culture crowd has made its way back into the narrative. And within the last few days, we have seen Cops, the TV show, get canceled after 30 years because of a national debate about police tactics. I don't know about you, but have you watched Cops? Well, I did as a kid, and I can tell you that my takeaway was I was educated to understand what police tactics should look like, how to interact with law enforcement, and of course there was some comedy to go along with it. So Cops has been canceled. Gone with the Wind has been pulled from HBO's lineup over cries of racism. Odd enough, the actress in the film was one of the first black actresses to actually win an Oscar. Lady Antebellum has changed their name to Lady A because Antebellum, which literally means before the war, has some type of connection to our pre-Civil War past. Oddly enough, when they chose the name, they actually chose it after the architectural style because they were taking pictures in front of antebellum-type homes, so they weren't even naming the band with that in mind. Paw Patrol. There have been protests against the animated series because it depicts police in a favorable light. Thankfully, Ice Cube has come to the rescue and has denounced these protests against Paw Patrol. If you would have taken a nap a year ago, woke up today and saw a headline that said Ice Cube stands against protests to cancel Paw Patrol, you might be living in a parallel universe of some type. We have also seen statues being ripped down nationwide. Christopher Columbus, not my guy, I will say. However, where's the law and order? One would guess. In Philadelphia, rioters defaced the statue of Matthias Baldwin in Philadelphia. They spray-printed words of murderer and colonizer near his name. But in fact, little do they know that Matthias Baldwin was an early abolitionist who fought against slavery. He fought for black voting rights and even helped build schools for black children 30 years before we enacted the 13th Amendment in 1865. Uh, can you believe this? I don't know about you, but this is really starting to become a very confusing year so far. You know, I forced myself to finally watch the full video of George Floyd passing away in 8 minutes and 46 seconds of just agonizing pain and you can only feel anger and hopelessness at the same time and not to justify any of the behavior that we've talked about previously or we're going to continue to talk about but at least there's an understanding that that's rooted in something however and a big however we have to be thoughtful and take a moment to breathe before we start to enact policies and have discussions about things that are going to have long-lasting implications. And right now, I wanted to softly transition to 
the next part in the podcast, and that is the growing notion and or idea that we should defund or disband police departments nationwide. What I want to do is take a very thoughtful approach and maybe correctly defined what those terms actually mean. Look at maybe a couple examples, because that's really all we have, of police departments in the United States either disbanding and or reforming. And, and how did that actually turn out? So the basic principle behind defunding the police is essentially prioritizing public safety spending with regards to the budget. So looking at the budget and trying to find an equal balance between the police department, uh, public housing, employment, community health, education, and other vital programs. Essentially, it's a holistic approach. And advocates have been uh, arguing this point for many years uh, in an attempt to reform police practices uh, that they would argue have failed over time. And the overarching goal is to take money away from the police department's budget and the prison's budget and use a more holistic approach. And most people uh, would say that that is what they mean when they say defund the police. But there are plenty of people that would rather just completely eliminate the police department. And to that, all I have to say is I the time or the inclination to explain myself to a man who rises and sleeps under the blanket of the very freedom that I provide and then questions the manner in which I provide it. I would rather you just said thank you and went on your way. Otherwise, I suggest you pick up a weapon and stand a post. Either way, I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. A Few Good Men, copyright 1992, Columbia Pictures. So back to the defunding conversation, I think most people, if you had framed it in such a way, would be open to a conversation about that. When you look at certain budgets being uh, over 50% allocated towards police departments, you, you do have to question and you do have to wonder, is this the best way to be spending our resources? And that same principle can be applied to our uh, national defense strategy. Right now, our military expenditures are roughly the size of the next seven nations combined. And that is not to say that we don't want to continue that. We just have to ask if the money and the resources that we're spending are providing us the results that we want. And that is the question. I would, however, say with a tone of caution that in the midst of chaos, in the midst of heightened emotional sensitivity towards a lot of these issues, the worst thing we can do is make quick and hasty decisions to ease the tension and fold to the mob. You know, one of the questions, and I've talked to some police officers about this, uh, year over year, the quality of applicants going into the police academy has been watered down and lowered because they're just not getting enough quality applicants. And a natural byproduct of poor quality applications is you're going to get poor quality officers. And that's true of any profession, but specifically in law enforcement, if the pool of applicants was once a hundred, now is 60, now is 40, maybe 20. You unfortunately are going to get what you get. And right now there are plenty of good people that 
are choosing different professions because if you think about it, why would you want to join the police department right now in 2020? Mm -hmm. So back to the topic at hand, you know, a holistic approach, you know, should be on the table. We should be talking about this. I mean, I work in the real estate industry and specifically in multifamily and you could throw all the money in the world at a complex and it can have the nicest finishes it can be on the best plot of land and you could have an a plus plus asset but if you don't hire the right team and if you don't contract the right vendors and you don't have the right services in place that asset's going to fall apart regardless on how much money you spend it has to be spent wisely and that approach i think any reasonable american is willing to have but unfortunately once again it is the loudest on both extremes left and right that seem to get all the attention and in this case it's the extreme left that is advocating for the abolishment of the police department it is the extreme left that is perpetuating this idea that all police officers are inherently racist they all have malintent and we are better served without the police at all. While I would highly doubt that this same group would be advocating for our Second Amendment. So unfortunately, we don't have too many, if really any, uh, contemporary examples of local police departments being defunded or disbanded uh, as a frame of reference. So I'm going to leave a link in the show notes to an article about Camden, New Jersey, who in 2017 had one of the higher murder rates in the country and they've gone through various reforms and now they've seen the lowest homicide rate since the 1980s there's also other indicators of uh, decreases in crime now we want to use the word disband but they really reformed uh, their department and they focused more on community policing and they kind of had the ethos that, you know, they needed guardians, not warriors. And it should be noted, they did not get rid of the police department. They put in place reforms uh, that were needed for training and giving the police officers the tools to, you know, really become defenders of the community as opposed to um, soldiers of the community. And really, that's what we all want. That's what every police officer wants you know police officers are wearing way too many hats you know and it's completely our fault uh, we have underfunded mental health programs we have underfunded certain community programs that are designed uh, to deal with um, folks that are not in their right mind and therefore police officers are always unfortunately put in a position where they are having to be a mental health uh, professional along with a trained officer and that's why many communities right now are uh, really looking at how do we equip our police force to deal with folks that you know have a mental health problem and you know we just seen recently that uh, the mayor of San Francisco has decided to not dispatch police officers for non-criminal related activity well that may sound nice on the surface, right? But unless you have the infrastructure uh, to, to you know, properly support that type of guidance, it's going to be very difficult. I think too often we've seen folks that have mental health problems, right, have the police get called on them. And, 
you know, it they may or may not be a threat to themselves or the public. But unfortunately, in that case, if you send out a mental health professional, uh, while that might be good, unfortunately, if that unstable individual turns on himself or the public, now the mental health professional is not fully equipped to deal with that threat. So I think going forward, you know, it would be a live wire politics podcast recommendation is maybe we look at this in a, in a harmonious type of way, right? We need to ensure that we're not taking a naive approach to these things. But police officers shouldn't be dealing with homelessness. They shouldn't be dealing with uh, folks that are, that are not mentally stable. They are, des- they are in their place to protect and serve our community. So the other example that we have on more of a contemporary uh, record is uh, New York City, uh, circa 2015-2016, uh, uh, roughly. Uh, there was a slight work stoppage, and uh, you know the goal for the uh, New York Police Department was to more or less show that if we were to stop uh, patrolling in in the way that we do, we're uh, you're going to see an uptick uptick in crime, and uh, they did not respond to various calls, and you know we. We did see a temporary decrease in time, but again, that was only a three to four week period. And uh, unfortunately, that's not a, enough to really showcase that um, not policing in certain ways is, is automatically going to lend, to lend itself to a decrease in crime. These statistics are very layered. And as any statistician will tell you, correlation does not imply causation so really it's going to come down to the local government authorities this cannot be a nationwide approach that's why we have federalism that is why we default to the local level who knows their jurisdictions better than anyone else to make the proper reforms that are going to be good for their citizenry but ultimately those local municipalities are responsible for these reforms and really should not be making these reforms um, due to increased pressure. And they should not be making these reforms because uh, for some reason we are in an election season and these things need to be done for uh, politics sake. These things need to be done for a reason. And unfortunately, what's happening is that common sense is starting to fly out the window and replaced with excessive political pressure. And I could do an entire episode on the Rayshard Brooks incident in Atlanta, but I'm only going to say this. I encourage everyone, if you haven't had a chance to look at that particular case, uh, we're not going to sit here and try to debate um, whether or not the officer had the legal justification in shooting and protecting himself and the community. But what we will say, and this is, seems very, very clear at this point, the district attorney uh, over in Atlanta, the Fulton district attorney, um, has previously designated stun guns and tasers as lethal weapons or deadly weapons. In the past, this precedent has been set by this district attorney. And now, in the Rayshard Brooks case, uh, he is not designating a stun gun and or taser as a lethal weapon. And that really begs the question. It's obvious to most that see it. 
that there are caving political pressures that are distorting uh, due process. And as a result, if you haven't seen, Atlanta PD are not showing up to work. They are not answering calls because they are not fully supported by the community. They're not being put in a position where they can adequately do their jobs uh, to the line of the law in this specific case. Now, it's just one case. We could, again, dissect it from here and there. I would encourage everyone to look up the details surrounding the Rayshard Brooks case in Atlanta. It is not a George Floyd situation. But unfortunately, the clickbait media machine is going to continue to feed on the narrative. And it's a really unfortunate scene. So we're going to end this podcast with this. We continue to live in the greatest country the world has ever seen. It is and always will be an imperfect union. But it is up to us, all of us, to work together. Get off social media. Start having conversations with real human beings. If you're curious about the police department, if you're curious about cops and you haven't interacted with them, when you see one, talk to them. They're human beings just like you. If you interact with your surroundings in a non-digitized way, you're going to find that people are people. It's that simple. And I just hope and I pray for this country that we get back to a place where we can talk to each other again. We don't make the worst assumptions out of someone. We understand that human behavior is incredibly complicated. It's nuanced. It's ugly. It's beautiful. It's all of these things. And I just hope that we can continue the conversation. For the Livewire Politics Podcast, this is David Stanky. Have a great week.